This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where you can get lots of information if you subscribe to their news feed, which you'll find at zupans.com. If you do that, you will have access to some great sale items every week, sometimes free things as well. I check that news feed every time I go into the store. You should too. And Chris, this week, some great stuff on sale at your local Zupan's Markets. Uh, you got the Harris Ranch Choice Bavette Steaks. I think I'm saying that correctly. You can either get those for eleven ninety nine a pound or marinated, which is always great. Uh, it's doing a lot of the work for you for sixteen ninety nine a pound. You're saving three dollars per pound there. Uh, they've got stuffed salmon fillets on sale, chanterelles, uh, glass bottle milk is on sale, and this is my favorite time of year because Honeycrisp apples are only two ninety nine a pound. You're saving $2. Uh, the great thing about this is that uh, when you sign up for the news feed, which you can do at zoopans.com, you get a weekly email which breaks all of this down for you so you can know what uh, you know what's going on at your local Zupans Markets. So that's Zupans Markets over on Burnside, McAdam, Lake Oswego, and also Weircourt. Zupans.com. All right, we're back. Once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork. Portland's Food Scene Podcast. Yeah, there you go. Now we really know that. I, I said it twice there, it, didn't that's I? That's okay, but if you say it twice, you know, it's like advertising. They run the same ads over and over again. Right. And so I come from that world, and I... True. Even knowing what frequency does, I still wonder, why yeah. do they run that for six months? Well, you know, I just want people to know it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. Yeah, okay. If there's any question. It, it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. Yeah. It's right at the fork. Right. That's uh, Chris Angeles, <laughs> Portland Food Adventures. And Court Johnson over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my uh, straight ahead. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. I'm, looking, staring, I'm looking right at you. We're staring at each other's eyes. Right. We have a small studio here, for those of you who don't know that. Right. Uh, a, Closet. Few, a few hundred of you have, no windows. have been on the podcast, or some, if you happen to be listening. Yeah. And you know that already, but no windows. We have a new lamp. Yeah, we inherited a lamp. actually I... a leather with a leather shade. It looks pretty nice. I don't know about that, but it doesn't belong in here. No, it doesn't. And whoever, whoever put it in here was yeah. probably just trying to get rid of it. Right. That's exactly um, what happened. That's, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen it happen that way around this building far too often. I have a feeling. I don't well, want this. I'll put it in this this uh, studio. This little studio. Nobody will ask questions. Right. Well, we asked some questions, and so now everybody knows about it. Um, but uh, I don't even know where we were going with this. But I'll just t- describing our uh, our environment. Yeah. Okay. Well, last when we had Greg Slauson mm-hmm. from Donutorama. Yeah. In this studio, you know, we have that no food or drink, but he brought us both donuts. Yeah. And um, they were, we we didn't eat them while we were doing We did them. not eat them in the studio. Yeah, because everything would get really sticky. Yeah. And he wanted to bring his torch in right to, to torch the creme brulee right. donuts. And I'll tell you what, he was a little, you could see he was a little sad that he didn't get couldn't, to couldn't give those it. to us. Yeah. And um, when I, I don't know about you, but I went home that creme brulee donut, which got a lot of accolades when Greg had his food cart. Right. Donut, Donutorama. I believe that was out on, I'm not sure, but I think it was out on Pal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's no longer there. He's now on Broadway. Yep. Down. Broadway and uh, and uh, Gleason. Gleason. Yep. Right. So he's over there. But I thought if anybody ever asks him what made, because I did 
And he didn't have a great, he didn't really come out with a right. specific answer. And being the advertising guy that Back I am, yep. my mind works that way. And I, and I would say to Greg, if anybody ever asks you, what makes your donuts different and what is the reason to come in? What's the unique selling proposition? Just tell them you got to have our creme brulee donut. Yeah. Because that was really oh, tasty. Yeah. No, I, I, he gave us each a box full of donuts and I just took it around here to the office and... Big, big raves and reviews. Well, I took him home. Yeah. And also the day before I'd had his fritter. Right. I think if I could eat those more, because mm-hmm. I can't. Right. But I, you know, I, I violated some laws. <laughs> by, by eating that fritter? By eating that fritter. Yeah. And oh my God, it's so good. It's so good inside. So Portland's a donut, you know, got a pretty big donut scene sure. now going on. Yeah. And we have all sorts of different operators. You've got your voodoo, right? Yep. So... Um, that's pretty big and known nationally. You got your blue, your blue star, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, becoming, becoming nationally known. Right. And then, you know, it's set up to be a franchise yep. situation. You right. got your pips by the way. Of course. And we love pips. Mm-hmm. I should have probably mentioned that right up front too, because Nate is awesome and pips are just incredible people down the line and sure. they're, they're different than everything else we've mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're the small, they're small delicious donuts with great coffee over there and i'm probably leaving some off oh you have your delicious donuts over right. on the east side and they don't donuts. stop cocoa and i used to i used to love um tenales and they were sold sure. sesame uh, donuts right you had sesame. those yeah those are I pretty have. good yeah um we could, yeah. talk, we could talk about other donut There's places. Nola. Nola donuts, okay. which are pretty good, too. Oh, right. my God. Greg's probably dying right no, but, now listening to well, us mention all his competitors. But I, but, I think, but I think he's okay with that because he just wanted to make great donuts, a la Voodoo Donuts, and he talks about them being his original inspiration of, of donuts. Right. And so I think he kind of looks out and, and says, I like that. I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing. And then he does his version of it. Yeah. And I'm sp- I, he's trying to be a neighborhood place, too, yeah. that we hope... By having him on the podcast, and he has social media presence, builds beyond that, that people make a special trip down there. Yeah. Um, well, go, I saw go this for morning, the he, had, he had a lemon and graham cracker oh, uh, donut, too. That was this morning. Mm. And then the other thing that he mentioned right at the end of the podcast, which I see him promoting on Instagram, yeah. is he's big on beer and donuts. Beer and donuts. So they have beer down there, sure. too. So it's yeah. a beer and donut spot. And uh, the big thing is the reason we want to have Greg, one of the reasons we want to have Greg in the podcast is he wanted to open this a long time ago, and it's been a long, long trip to get to open. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've had a few guests tear up a little bit in that chair over the years because we're talking about their livelihoods and what they're passionate about. And when Greg... At one point, I said, "Are you okay?" And you know, he was just so pleased that he's finally opened the doors. Right. It was a long, yeah, long, long, long road. road from the food cart to where he is now. Yep. So, um, uh, really nice guy. The donuts are delicious, and it was nice to have someone who's, as I said, we've got all these different kind of operators, and he's got a he's got a simple objective to make great donuts, mm-hmm. and uh, not looking to. I'm sure he'd like to make it bigger, but right now he's just happy to be open yeah. over there on Broadway. Greg's, Greg Slauson with Donut Arama. And that's with an O. Oh. Donut Arama. Makes sense. It's a donut. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. 
For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astri Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia-Romagna. It's all at portlandfoodadventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands, where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. That'd be kind of a fun podcast if someone, if we actually had it so that we'd stop in the middle to do phone calls and chats and just tell people, hold on, and then have commercial breaks. This text break I'm is a phone to- call. It's time for a break. Yeah. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it does. And it would probably make some of our transitions actually a little more normal. Sometimes, I know. We have to actually plan that. Sometimes there'll be conversations going for a good 10 minutes and I'm that's right where I need to get in a commercial and I'm just like no I'm just right. gonna there's kind of a break there well from now on let's let's think about it maybe we'll contract uh well Verizon wouldn't do it and I don't know necessarily know that I'd want them as a sponsor although they just right? gave me a good offer yeah so that's good we're brainstorming Greg we're just trying to figure things out here on the fly how we put this podcast yeah, together we'll get to we'll get to your interview at some point here <laughs> are you ready for an interview yeah, absolutely okay you got to get a little closer absolutely. to that mic yes. there you go yeah. Um, so, um, he's looking good over there, looking good in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. Speaking in the neighborhood. So you're in a new neighborhood with your food cart, donut Arama, with an O, correct? <laughs> donut Orama, not Arama. Absolutely. I almost spelled it wrong yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. So, uh, it's been a long time coming for your, um, Brick and mortar location. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into the donut food cart business and the history of that and all the raves you got and then what it took to, uh, well, that's the second question, what it took to get up and running here on Broadway. Those two questions. Um, Well, no, the one, just simply tell us a little bit about your food cart history. Oh, we uh, opened our first food cart on 10th and Alder on 11-11-11. November 11, 2011. Mm-hmm. That's it? That's it. We um, opened in um, a Cool Harry's frozen yogurt cart over the winter and uh, mm-hmm. tried some concepts and had some early acclaim and success. And summertime came and the yogurt shop moved back in and I was looking for a brick and mortar. The place that we're in actually right now, I was looking for in 2010. And I'd stop by occasionally. It was at uh, 439 Northwest Broadway and I'd stop in and inquire about the restaurant space being for rent and 
they'd say, come back next month. So I went back for a couple of years, and finally they said, well, the building, uh, we're not interested. And I said, why not? They said, well, the building is for sale, and we're selling the business. So we made them an offer they couldn't refuse. So, but in the meantime, you opened a food cart. What Second made you want, What made you want to be in the food donut food cart business? It's my calling. <laughs> Why? I, I, and, and so, what was your? Uh, what are some of your early donut memories? Then let's, let's go backwards. I'm trying to get to the heart of the matter here. No pun intended. We're talking hearts I'd and donuts. I'd say um, Jack Elmer at Heidi Swiss Village made a giant, uh, giant raised donut, and we go there as kids on the way to Mount Hood. Joe's Donuts and um, what's the one in Sandy over that's there? That's Joe's. That's Joe's. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's pretty good. That to me was a few times I made the drive out there on a cold winter day mm-hmm. to grab some donuts. So you were, you were taken with their donuts? Yeah, well, I just love donuts. <laughs> You'd look at me and tell. Well, not necessarily. I can see people who look like they've eaten more donuts than you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so um, did you have? Did you have a strong desire to make donuts? And by the way, what had you been doing? You know, you're not, what, what had you been doing before you did donuts? My mom says I grew up in a toilet paper box. Oh, nice. Yeah, That's our... the first time we've ever gotten that response <laughs> yeah, on this uh, podcast. We grew up with convenience stores. We had multiple locations and we're always at the, at the stores working and it's a good place to sleep. At the convenience store? Well, in the toilet paper box or the paper towel box. I moved up to paper towel box. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. So then you you thought donuts were going to be your way out? No, I didn't actually discover or find my calling for donuts. So I went to Voodoo Donuts and Trace and Cat Daddy inspired me to make donuts. They and get all the credit. Did they, did they, it was just an inspiration? Did they encourage you? Did they teach you? No, no, that didn't encourage or teach. I just, uh, I think it took them over a year to get off the ground. I remember the early location with a split door in the same building they're at now and open late hours and, uh, no, they just were inspired you, me. With were the creativity. you there before there were lines and the voodoo oh, donuts absolutely. was the thing? Yeah, it took, a, it took over a year and people started donut shop. Now it's supposed to do 10,000 a day, but no, uh, it's... Things have changed. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. They've changed down there, and they've changed uh, where you are now. So you got, uh, you know, I first heard about you when you had your cart. So uh, people were noticing you, and this is before Portland was a big donut town, I believe. If you could call it that. Do you think it's a big donut town now? I wouldn't say it is. I. There's 100 pizza shops, 500 coffee shops, and 10 donut shops, so I figured there's room for another one. Well, there's only 10? Yeah, maybe 20 by now, but in 2011, when I started, or 2010, there weren't many, and most people asked if I'd heard of Voodoo Donuts, and of course I had, but thought I'd give it a chance. Uh, Blue, that was even before Blue Star. Right. Yeah. Long before Blue Star. So... Um, so you shut down the cart. Why did did you shut down the cart in anticipation of where you're going to be now? No, I just um, the space wasn't available, and they offered it to me. But it just it was a way to test my concept. I wouldn't. There's maybe you count on both hands all the successful food carts that can make a a good living. But um, it's, a, it's a tough living, and um, it, I just think it's a it's tough living, and I respect and admire tremendously the people that do it on a daily basis. 
I think a lot of people are doing it to test concepts and move forward, although some people are actually making a living. It's tough here in the winter to be doing that. But did you um, did you think that I – mean, let me ask you this. You've obviously done some research. Brick and mortar can, can do pretty well in your location uh, when there are a lot of donut shops around now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a busy street, Broadway. You know, we get a lot of traffic coming into town, and uh, the neighborhood's up and coming, as they say, just on the border of Old Town, which I like the edginess of Old Town, and mm-hmm. kind of offsets the Pearl District. But, uh, we're close to close to everything. So you get a lot of traffic coming off the bridge there. Oh yes, correct. Yeah. What are you doing to? Uh, and do you feel you need to do something different, have a unique selling proposition, or just have donuts? I mean. Your, your donuts, I was in there yesterday, delicious. Uh, you have a nice variety. Um, is there anything that you're doing different than the other folks? We tried to be different in a couple aspects. I saw 10 years ago, I went to Day and Night Donuts in Salem, and they had a neat uh, long john cutter that I liked. And when I, figured I was going to open a donut shop, I went and they told me the cutter they used, and I used that. So it makes us look a little different. We cut our cake donuts, which is... Um, I don't know of anybody that does that. It takes a lot more labor. and um, So what's, nice the, what's the difference in the end result when you cut a donut versus when you're just shooting out of a machine? I'd say just the appearance. Okay. Yeah, it tastes the same, but um, just looks cool. <laughs> All right. Have you, do you know, um, with your experience at the cart, the difference between what sells in terms of visual appearance versus uh, taste? There's a lot in the presentation. People do like a show, and we make a creme brulee beignet, and we'll do a, a s'mores donut, and um, we have a glass chiller for our beers. We serve serve beer. You're serving beer and donuts? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, nice. There's a combination I haven't heard of. I've heard of beer and haircuts. Uh, haven't you seen The Simpsons? No, I don't watch The <laughs> Simpsons. Do they, they're doing beer and donuts? Well, Homer, Homer likes beer and donuts. Oh, okay. Didn't know. Sorry. He especially likes those those pink donuts. Do, do, do you do the Homer donut? No, no. Maybe an Arnold Palmer, but uh, what's a, so an Arnold Palmer is uh, lemon and uh, iced tea. You're right, I know what that is. Our, our donut will probably that... just be a, a Boston donut with um, lemon frosting and maybe sprinkle on iced tea. Okay. Do you have aspirations to grow beyond your uh, current location, Greg? Wherever it takes me. So you're just you just want to see what your uh, what's going to happen. It's taken you a long time to open that location. Take us through some of the challenges, because that's what I was interested in when I saw you were finally opening. And you, I think you contacted us two or three years ago to oh, say, hey, I can, I'd love to talk about my donut shop. And my response was, let's get it open, because yeah. historically on the podcast, to talk about concepts that haven't happened yet isn't wow. necessarily... Uh, I'd rather hear about experiences. Oh, we've done than... we've done podcasts where it took years until the actual event or exactly. the project actually came to fruition. Right. So, so we, we learned yeah. the hard way. Yeah, right. And one of the things was uh, food cart the film. Food cart the film. Yeah, and then uh, Magna. Magna, yep. same thing. Yeah, we've had a yonder. Few. I think we yonder. Oh, Berlu. Berlu, right? Same thing. Yeah. But so, I mean, Berlu is one that well yonder was different because she was already open with may right right, right. but Berlou was one that uh, we did wait right. and had him on when he opened and same with greg yeah. so that's why you're here we wanted to we wanted to have you on then but so the, a lot has happened between then and now 
to open a small little shop. What are some of the challenges that you you had to overcome? Well, we've been there uh, five and a half years and endeavoring to do it. We purchased our family purchased a building uh, that uh, does fingerprinting and passport photos to operate it on Yelp, and uh, had it again. Uh, we bought the building for the the kitchen and uh, we put our lot into the Portland Development Commission, and uh, that didn't work out. And contractors didn't work out and not much worked out for us. So you said that a contractor, uh, you had paid a contractor and he took off? No, he, he did uh, He did work for what he was paid, but he flat explained to me that he could make more money at other places and he'd be, <laughs> and he did. So, but uh, the work he did was great. Oh, okay. So, uh, when did you open? The last week? Just on Monday. Just on Monday? Four and a half days ago. All right. How's business been since Monday? Uh, steadily slow. <laughs> okay. Um, and what are you doing to increase that? Other than, you know, this podcast will have millions waiting out oh, the door. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to hire more staff. Right. Just because of us and you can blame us. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the lull because I know it's going to be big. So it's... It's been tested, and most of our donuts have come through. I met a couple of amazing people. I met the donut doctor, Ron Levi. He was on a donut showdown show, and he won that episode and came to Portland. I met him, and he's uh, helped me a lot along the way. And we've got a mutual friend of his down here, Chef Joe, um, showing me how to make better donuts. So we're cool. So you're always you're always going to improve. So I see you're out a lot. You get out to eat a lot. What are some of your uh, Favorite things about the Portland food world. We met at, I think, one of my events at, uh, was it at May? Actually, we did. Yeah, we sat. Maya set us together. and Well, that was that was just a May dinner. That wasn't yes. one of my events. That's yeah. Right. What, your event was, was um, Chico on Division. That we right. To. Okay. Well, that was nice. So what do you, do you have some chef friends in Portland that you... Uh, that you particularly like, or, or some places that if you were someone who would ask you where to go, that you would. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've uh, all the John Gorham's places, Ox, Gabriel Rucker, um, um, Bonnie and Israel. I haven't been to Pachinko yet, but uh, love their vodka. I'm going there today. Oh, a guy. But there's so many to not leave anybody out, but. Um, yeah, well, you can't possibly do a list and not leave people out or some places. And fast cat, I love Lardo. I'd my bellies by Lardo pretty much. And Rick's taught me all the bad things, all the hazy IPAs and those terrible sandwiches. And he's responsible for this. For for what? Some of my uh, body putty. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. Well, he's responsible for a lot. Rick manages to keep it off. He's biking a lot. I think that's the key. Is the, if you're going to have. A restaurant like that, you've got to find something where you burn calories. Yeah, like nobody's business. Right, and yeah, that's why a lot of uh, a lot of your chefs are riding bikes now. Right, um, and then of course um, you've got what is it? It's the uh, uh, chefs who are sober now. No, oh, yeah. What is that? Ben's. It's uh, Ben's. Ben's. What uh, I should look this up. Ben's. Yeah, I've just I can't re- believe I can't remember that because we Ben's friends. Ben's friends. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Gregory Gorday on the podcast to talk about that. So um, there's a lot of camaraderie. That's why I was asking you. There's a lot of community support. Has anybody helped you uh, either in the donut world 
here currently or just in the food world to advise you on some of the things that you should be doing? Yeah, and all the names I named and um, Tommy Tommy and Nick and um, um, his partner there at at Bonk, I was inspired early on. Patrick Fleming took me under his hood and let me tort or um, fried donuts at Bokey Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I'd run into Tommy and Tommy and Nick and um, and <laughs> I can't remember uh, Matt. Matt, I'd Matt. run into them on a daily basis and it just gave me a lot of inspiration. And everybody's been just amazing. Just um, we're gonna do a chef witch like patterned after Rick, hopefully. Um, well, a donut witch. Do, yeah, you. absolutely. Yeah, don't donut. Oh, well, a do- uh, I mean a chef, <laughs> chef a chef a chef a chef nut. Chef nut. That's oh. gotta be a chef nut. Uh, spud nuts. I don't know, um, but hopefully. are you ever gonna? I grew up on spud nuts. My uh, high or my uh, elementary cafeteria, like on Fridays, you always got a spud nut with oh, your lunch. What's a spud nut? It's it's potato flour. Yes, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's a donut made with potato flour. Give it's little. The texture's different. There's it, it's just different. Mm-hmm. So and I I think it came out of Idaho, did it not? I do not know. I it used to be able to get the mixed. I don't think that's available. But we're gonna um, chef friend of mine, Paul, helped me make a recipe for it i just had a uh, potato flour actually he was boiling down the potatoes and making the, he's doing <laughs> making it, it himself from scratch wow that'd be, a, that'd be a little difficult that would be that would be one way to kind of do something different here in the, in the donut scene is the spud nut it could be a base for everything all the donuts yeah but it sounds like you are do you have anything unusual that anybody else is not doing in portland your donuts the the couple i tried yesterday were delicious but is there just trying to give people, I'm from the advertising world, and there is a thing called the unique selling proposition. I think if we were to identify some of the other folks, it would be pretty easy to say what's different about Blue Star and what's different about Voodoo and Delicious and those guys, and of course, Pips. What? what how would we define? I'd just say uh, fun with a donut. foo-foo. Uh, we've got affordable, traditional donuts and Foo-foo, pretentious, expensive donuts, if you will. Just kind of so what are those? Mixture Talk about both. a few of the foo-foo, expensive, pretentious donuts. Uh, now, by the way, also on those donuts, I think people need to look at them as pastries because now we're paying $3 for a croissant. We're paying $3 for a bagel. <laughs> and everybody has in their mind that a, a donut should be, you know, $8 a dozen or $6 a dozen. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting donuts that are $4. And I think if people look at them as pastries and not donuts, they'll be a little bit more receptive to a $4 Do you think it should should be Blue Star pastries? No, but I just think um, if they're thinking, I'll go into uh, St. Honoré and pay $4 for a pastry. What's the difference? It's just a different name. So they're used to it. So um, that's, you know, when I walked into your shop and saw $4 donuts, I was thinking, okay, well, that's... Pretty hefty, but if you look at it as a pastry, it's not that bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we maybe even have a $20 donut someday, maybe a lobster roll with uh, crinkle cut beef rice and coleslaw. We're going to do a lot of savory yeah, donuts. Yeah, but it and, can't, okay. And, and, and I'm there hard, for that. Okay. Yeah, it'd be hard to justify a $20 donut, but the lobster roll with the same, just on a, a roll is $20. So. I'm going to tell you, it won't be $20 because Rick doing his kingpin Uh-oh, lobster. Yes. Never mind. No, but I'm just saying he said he's doing it from love for, I think, what are those, 24 or 30? 25 or 30? I don't know, but they come with fries and a lot of stuff. But he's not making money on that price point, as far as I know. So I don't know if you're going to be making money. But it could be it could be something to draw people in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have our, our worst donut. Uh, we're going to have a drill press donut. I don't think it's 
drill press donut names ready for prime time, but we're just gonna go with oh, it. Oh, well, you gotta give it, you gotta <laughs> give it to us. Come on. A drill it's gonna um cake donut, our cake our cut cake donut. And um I've got a drill press in the shop there at the bench and um <laughs> porter cable drill bit of various widths and depths and uh we can theoretically do a chicken and grits donut with served with hot sauce, butter and honey and uh with a deep dish. Envision a bread bowl in the donut in the cake donut. All right. Vehicle for savory and sweet. We'll do a. I'm gonna do a peanut butter cup and a creme brulee. I'm disappointed because you can't get that now. That's why I like to talk about to someone after a place is open because then you can go go down and get that. Where it's did, more where, exciting. Is that a concept you came up with, Greg? Yeah. Well, not the cut donut, but the the drill press. I, yeah. I was um, screwing around trying to core them out with a little round circle and messing around with getting it out of there, and it takes a minute or two to core out a donut. So I was. I um, did most of the building improvements in my building, and I'm pretty handy with things. I was working with a, a drill press bit one day, and figured I'd be a great vehicle for a, to make the process happen and do it for production. Well, I'll look. We'll look forward to that. So, what do you see? What's your dream as a businessman in a couple of years, five years from now, for Donutorama? Just uh, make people happy and make some money and help people. We've got a we're going to try and raise 100000 for houselessness through the sale of donated art on our wall. And um, I went to school with somebody related to the mayor. He's going to um, donate the first piece and get other people to follow and talking to other people. Um, we're going to try and present the kids at uh, Pear, our risk youth down there, and sell their art. They'll get 90% and Pear will take 10 mm-hmm. And uh, we are designed the building just kind of as a blank canvas it's it's um blank and white right now so it's just gonna yeah well you need you need a little art on the walls to highlight the donut i think that the donuts that'll happen when you uh when we first talked about coming on the podcast what did you want to talk about what were you excited to come on and talk about just to tell people it's finally done it's (laughs) that was a long road yeah i'm just happy happy that uh everyone can see it now Let's pause here for a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse, which is freshly, what do we call this, Chris? Freshly remodeled? I would, I would say you'd be safe in calling it a remodel. Yeah. And, and a little bit of a, a little bit, of, uh, let's call it enhanced, remodeled and enhanced. Love it. And by enhanced, I'm referring to the menu. So um, they have some new dishes on the menu uh that are pretty great i had the crispy octopus the other day yeah this is the crispy spanish octopus on the uh starters menu yeah exactly and it's also happens to be on the bar menu and so one of the things if anybody is familiar with ringside happy hour which occurs after 9 30 p.m and on sundays from four to five um, yeah sundays from four to five um, Ringside's well known for having, at those hours, one of the best happy hours you can find on the planet. But they've, they've always had a happy hour menu with some great bites priced between like 350 and $6. You can get a hamburger. You can get steak bites, which are, everybody knows are fantastic. But they've now taken the bar menu and during those hours, you can get half price on those, that crispy Spanish octopus. You can get the enemy's steak tartare. Uh, jumbo shrimp cocktail, anything on the bar menu, half price during happy hour. So in addition to some new items on their menu, the entrees, 
check that out. We're not going to read them all out. You just need to go to ringside and check those out yourself. Yeah, and and, and part of the uh, enhancement that we were talking about, the sunken bar is now expanded. Right. So it used to be that just Jimmy could fit back there, and everybody knows Jimmy. But now mm-hmm. Jimmy and Andy, whom I met at Fish House, and now is over at Ringside Steakhouse. So two, two, they, they can fit two people back there. Your drinks come up faster, and it's twice as cordial as it was before. Very nice. Now, with all these enhancements and the remodel, there are some of those things that you love. They're still there. Monday is prime night, and they have their three-course supper specials. So the things you love still there, and then now more things for you to love. Right. And so Ringside, it's a classic in Portland for now 75 years. The Peterson family has owned it. So, um, you know, Portland's all about the next shiniest thing, but I would I like to believe that the restaurants that have stood the test of time are those that should be visited and on the top of everybody's restaurant bucket list. Ringside Steakhouse should be right there. That's right, and it's easy to set up reservations. You just go to their website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. You are a Portlander through and through. Um, are there, you know, obviously the city has changed. There's, I took a walk, a uh, four-block four walk earlier this week, generally in the neighborhood around Burnside. I was, my girlfriend and I were accosted five times for money, donuts, uh, to, to take someone's dog off their hands, um, and again for money and some other things we couldn't even understand. That wasn't too far from where you are. Is that a challenge for you? Um, the neighborhood, or is that something you're just used to? This was not what Portland... I don't know if Portland was like this 20 years ago, but it's like that now. Well, it's, we see it everywhere. I mean, it affects everybody, and if everybody can help do well, their it's part. Well, it's not in every neighborhood, though. It's particularly downtown. I mean, it's going on all over the place, but downtown, you know, is a tough area. Is that a challenge for you? No. No, it's it's really not. Um, we, we see it jaw-dropping things on a daily basis, but um, just everybody lives and <laughs> it's, uh, it would be nice if we had the Mounted Patrol back, I, I guess I could say, but um, yeah, I don't know, I, I just see it everywhere. It is it is prevalent in park blocks and uh, yeah, people Well, come. as a business owner, though, does it concern you? I mean, I see Nick Zukin over there and Charlie uh, with Charlie's Deli, they're very concerned and they're kind of pissed off about what the city isn't doing to help business owners out. And you're, you know, you're, you've had another business over there. Now you got a food business. Um, do you see that as, is there, is there something that you think the city could do that they're not doing now? It would be nice if we had uh, officers walking the beat and, and the officers are under-resourced, underfunded, and it's kind of sad. It's, I, I see it in everywhere watching nightly news, though. I see it in every city. I, I, so I'd, I'd Right, but the nightly news is going to highlight all the worst stuff. There are good things about those cities, too. So, yeah. But they like to highlight the worst stuff. But when you... You know, I've lived in this city for 15 years, and and I and I now I live here part time. But I don't ever remember thinking that if I was a tourist here, I would not want to come back. That's what I thought the other night. I thought this is not an experience I would want to have anywhere. So uh, I'm just asking because you're a uh, you know you're opening a business close to that 
you know, in that neck of the woods, and is, does it concern? It doesn't seem to concern you. Well, no, it does. I, I wish, like, I'm going to try to do my part. I figure if I could uh, raise the money, that uh, I'd probably put it into a mental facility or wash units for the people, as I've seen people cleanse themselves in the bubblers on a weekly basis. And uh, it's just there's no dignity left with some people, and they, they don't have the mental skills to not know, <laughs> realize what they're doing. So it's it's kind of sad. You know, I recall um, that the uh, folks at Ole Latte have a nice program over there where you can donate a dollar or when you get a cup of coffee oh, that's or right. bagel. Pay it forward, yeah. Yeah, pay it forward. It's really nice. Is that something you've, uh, you've considered? I think it's a great idea. I think uh, the pizza place on Division does that too. What's his? Scotty. I think Scotty. Scotty does something like that too. Yeah, and those are both really cool people. Yeah, absolutely. When I think about it, right? Some of the coolest people we've had on this yeah. show. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you can implement it. The reason is if you implement it down there, it's uh, who know, you're going to, you're probably the balance of the surplus of. You're going to need more funds because a lot of people are going to come in if they see that opportunity exists, I guess. I, I think if I could um, raise money for the houselessness and help the disadvantaged kids at Pear do my part, and then with a chef donated every month, they'll, they'll patterned after after Rick, um, they'll donate the money to their charities just like he does. And I'm going to get some does, pointers Does from Rick him. know you're doing it? Well, I've asked him. <laughs> if it's I've okay. asked him, and he, no, sincerely, we've asked him, and um, he, hopefully he'll be in the shop in the next month. And uh, he'll could be, be as early he as be next the one month. to kick it off. He, we we hope to, yeah. Good, yeah. but I mean, did you tell him you're going to do that kind of thing? Oh, 100 percent. And yeah. he was fine. Oh, he's, he's fine. Well, I, a lot of people are doing it. So Rick started, it, and then I think Bokey Bowl is doing that kind of thing now with uh-huh. a chef. Well, so it's a cool thing in Portland where everything is collaborative, and uh, to try. Um, you know, see different folks doing different types of things. So yeah. chefs doing different donuts will be pretty cool. I'm sure it'll draw people in and make a little money for charity. Um, all right. Anything else, my friend? Well, you were talking about early um, growing up. I grew up around here and uh, grew up close to here. Went to Lincoln High School in Chapman. And mm-hmm. my early culinary inspirations were uh, my mom, uh, Elephant's Delicatessen. I walked by there on a daily basis and uh, was just blown away at all the food they could produce. Sometimes we go down to ringside and have a great steak and we just had a lot of stuff close to us. There was the Foothill Broiler that's long gone. And, uh, Sunset Magazine was a culinary inspiration. And, um, it was cool to get a little mention in that when I had my food cart. Oh, that's and, great. And then we sold our um, creme brulee beignet at Elephants. Mm-hmm. I guess I was one of the few outside places that they had there and uh, petunias was one of them a uh, vegan i think or maybe it was gluten-free i believe do you have are you gonna have vegan and, or and gluten-free we do have vegan um gluten-free seems a challenge so i mean there's a lot of particulates of uh in the air you don't mm-hmm. aroma so i just don't think that that would uh, be a great match well, besides it's good to specialize in one thing if someone wants a gluten-free donut they can find it in mm-hmm. portland i think um you know it's it it takes a lot to tool up for you to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's cool. So what are your, some of your other, as a kid, you mentioned ringside and some other places. What are some of your better food memories of, uh, of Portland, I guess in the eighties, we'll go back when you were younger, seventies and eighties. I remember, um, Herpes. Who? Herpes. That's on, oh, um, Herpes. on 
Burnside. It's a <laughs> taco a place. There's a hamburger place and uh, nothing's right home. But oh, Rose's Viennese Bakery. Jeez, they mm-hmm. had uh, three locations around there, and uh, that was some incredible, amazing stuff there. So I guess I got my sweet tooth from them, perhaps. So when did you first catch on that there was a pretty cool thing happening in Portland? Because you're you're onto it. I see your Facebook feed. You're at a lot of great places trying great food. When did that start for you? I, um, good friend of mine, Pablo, he works with Nick, Pablo Portilla. So that's Nick Zukin at um, Mi Marimole. Yeah, but Pablo had a food cart on 48th, and I'd eat there weekly, and I never, never even aspired to open a food cart or do anything, but I think mm-hmm. Pablo ultimately inspired me to open the food cart, and uh, yeah. So who's the real, I, I, we went to the uh, Zappa Pizza the other night, and talking to Pablo, as a matter of fact, coincidentally, now that you mention him, and he was giving Nick all the credit for the recipes at Zappa Pizza, and you're telling us that Pablo's, pa- Pablo ha- mu- must have a lot to do with it, and he's a little humble guy. Well, I can't speak for that. I'm just saying I, I ate a, he had a Cuban food cart on 48th well, and Division, and I ate at it weekly, and just thought of my, after that, I thought it'd be cool to open a food cart. Well, my point is that when I was trying to give him some culinary kudos he, he he was humble enough to hand it off to his oh, I his, it. his partner nick so yeah. but i didn't i didn't necessarily know that he had the uh, chops to to do enough as even insofar as inspiring a guy like you to open a, a cart himself he was also a young gun um i don't know three four five years ago he was one of portland young gun chefs i remember Pablo? Maybe five, seven years ago, our time flies. I bet but you it was a little longer than that. Yeah, I think it was with uh, Maya and, and some other people. Wow, have to look that up. Yeah. I didn't know that. And we have to have Pablo. We should have Pablo on Absolutely. here with the Zappa Pizza. Yeah. Um, uh, and so what else? Tell us about some things that before Court and I were here that we missed in Portland. Because right now, it's crazy world. There was a, there was a time when it wasn't a crazy world here. Yeah, uh, Spaghetti Factory, we used to eat there a lot, and uh, that's where the Pine Street Market is now, and uh, they'd have the old 100-year-old plus steps you could eat on and a uh, pasta displayed and mm-hmm. big loaves of bread. That was that was fun. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot of them missing right now. Well, you mentioned Ringside. Has that, have you been, has that changed through the years? Yeah, well, it's the same. It's the same. That's Probably good. Better than ever now with, uh, with everything. It's sad to see the fish house close downtown, but. Yeah, but they're putting all their focus in the and Jonathan, the former chef at the fish house, is up at is up at the steakhouse now. Okay, so I think they're happy to be focusing on one restaurant and what they do well. Are you a steak guy? What's your absolutely? Yeah. So your dream meal, your last meal, you've just got you've just got convicted. You're going to jail. What's uh, uh, what's your last? What's your last meal? A tomahawk steak with no fork or knife. With no with. <laughs> That's a good one. It's Can we get a, a picture of that? It's got a handle. Yeah. It's funny. I heard um, Country Cat people complain at, for Country Cat at the airport that they couldn't have a sharp knife with their ribeye. I said, it comes really? with a handle. You don't need a. You don't need that. Yeah, but still, that's not the best thing to do before you get on a plane. <laughs> Chomp down with a... <laughs> I don't know. So uh, I was sad to see them close oh, their yeah. other location. Oh, but I still haven't talked to them about why that was. I think I heard it was a lease thing, but leases, have you noticed that leases are getting tougher and tougher? Places are closing just because they can't come to an agreement. And that was one of the advantages you had 
at Donatorama is that you own the building or your family owns the building, correct? Yeah, and we just paid it off. So, <laughs> Oh, it's paid off? Yeah. Ah, so that should bring the price of donuts down, should it not? Uh, doubled. doubled. <laughs> we got to make a profit now. <laughs> yeah, well, good. Well, we'll wish you luck making a profit over there. And um, thank you so much for bringing in the donuts. We need to get a picture of you holding your box so we can use that as the little um, thumbnail that we use for the podcast. With a smile, because I just took a picture of you with the mic in front of you, and you just wasn't a good one. It wasn't too flattering. So we need to get a flattering one of you. Okay, is, that, I, is that possible? You're a handsome guy. I wore my fancy shirt today. You did. So let's get it so you're standing up, because I know that the position you're in right now, the chin is a problem. Because I, I always have to lean forward a little bit and push the chin out. Get my good angle. Here. Yeah, we'll get your good angle. So, uh, But the best angle that anybody can get is to go down... To Donatorama on Broadway and what? What's the cross street? Northwest Broadway and Gleason. And Gleason, right. So um, and down in the neck of the woods where Stone Soup is, as a matter yes, of fact. Yes, yeah. You, we need to talk to you about that. We need to give away a few of your donuts at our Stone Soup thing or, or, or some kind of little coupon for it. Oh, I didn't know you knew Scott or involved. We're doing it at a PFA there on October 25th. I haven't met him, but I'm, I met the chef. I went over there and introduced myself to the guy running it before cool. it was fixed up and... Uh, well, we got an event there on the 25th. I'd love to give away a little coupon for a couple of donuts Absolutely. at your place 100%. to everybody. So, um, so come down. That's that's in that neck of the woods, which is uh, got some cool stuff on there. Our, our friend Michael and and Lynn at at uh, Bowery, right across. Oh yeah, Mr. Madigan. Across. Yeah, Mr. Madigan's a good guy. We've had him on the pot. He's a, he's a fun pot. Actually, guy. almost fried donuts in there before he got into the bagel business. He had a space for a fryer. Mm-hmm. Uh, was looking at that and for a commercial kitchen. But, uh, he's helped a lot of people. He get has, started. man. He's a good guy. Just at the uh, feast East West thing last night, he was serving egg creams, man, and that was awesome. We're gonna do egg creams. All right. Well, good. Thanks for telling us. I felt I, I, I went back for three of those egg creams. I'll be okay. down for an egg was cream. It chocolate or vanilla or strawberry? It was chocolate, okay. and I can't eat a lot of donuts, but I can sneak an egg cream in. So. And there's no cream or eggs in an egg cream. Right. It was just it was uh, water, and he's got this chocolate syrup, and I don't. I should have taken a picture of it. I'm pissed off that I didn't. It was probably the East from Coast Brooklyn. one. Yeah, you don't. It's from Brooklyn. Yeah. It was a big thing. I remember Bosco, but okay. they don't have that anymore. That might be the name I heard. I, I can't remember. No, he had another one. Anyway, egg creams at Donutorama, excellent donuts, and Greg Slauson. Go down and meet him. Go down and see him. Thanks for coming, Greg. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot, guys. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 